And welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Geeks and Cherries. This is your boy, Eli. Me, Joe. And we're back to talk about more Bad Batch. Episode, was it four and five? Uh, yeah, I think so, four and five. Yeah, 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 yeah four yeah, and five. we did the yeah, first yeah, two yeah. episodes. And then... We did episode three on its own. Yeah, and then... And then, yeah. We and took a break. Yeah, to do another episode, a different episode. Yeah. Now we're back with four and five. Yes, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, we're going to talk about episode four and five of The Bad Batch. And I'm, like I said, I told you this earlier before the recording, I am so glad we're doing this in chunks because, like, there's not much to talk about. It's very episodic. Yeah, although at the same time, we are still getting bits of story being, you know, mm-hmm. strung along, you know, obviously being connecting tissues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at least so far, uh, especially in uh, episode four, we get a... I guess a face that we should be uh, familiar with if you've seen the other Star Wars shows that have been. I will here. say the that does not look like you know who. Yeah, but like, what can you do? Yeah, I think it's it, it, we'll get into it later. But for, yeah, let's just. Uh, it's and we'll be talking about episode. Like I said, we were talking about episode four and five, but we're also we're gonna add on something else to to this conversation. And that is the recent comments from J.J. Abrams about the sequel trilogy. And us being, yeah, J.J., we know. Yeah. You didn't think we noticed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of, it, it, it will, it's definitely going to be interesting considering his mm-hmm. comments. Uh, uh, you know, and it's also just very nice to just tangle it all in as well. Seeing this new Star Wars content and like, uh, um... You know, just seeing how, uh, you know, one of the big figureheads of, of the sequel trilogy sort of coming out and just talking about, uh, in retrospect, about all the stuff that happened with mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy. But yeah, let's just, uh, let's, you know, just, just jump into episode four of Bad Batch. And what happens in episode four, Joy? Tell me. Uh, yeah, no, uh, this episode, uh, basically, uh, the Bad Batch are planning out, like, to hide out on, 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 on a planet, I forget the name. But they're like, we need rations and we need credits because we need rations because we're, you know, we're out. And the only way way to get more rations is to get credits. So we're going to have to sell some stuff. So -hmm. they drop by on this planet, Pantor. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, they have to do a bit of haggling with Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, I guess, the the dude that they're docking with. Mm -hmm. He's like, because obviously he's supposed to run a scan, but... Uh, the signature of the ship is on all the channels, and uh, and if they get scanned, basically the imperial know- the empire knows that mm. you know they're there. So they sort of do a little bit of haggling with the dude. He gets some money out of it, mm. but also you know he also d- tr- makes a deal with uh, an apparent bounty hunter mm-hmm. who's like, hey, listen, I I hear you've been looking for this ship. If you you know send some credits my way, I might be able to tell you. And, you know, that sort of leads into the conflict as Omega, Hunter, and Echo are out selling stuff and getting credits. Uh, Tech and uh, Wrecker are just sort of fixing the ship and trying mm-hmm. to switch the signature out. And uh, in order to get some credits, Hunter decides to sell Echo. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> it, it's pretty funny because Echo disguises himself as a droid and the shop keeps like, I ain't buying your stuff, but that droid over there looks interesting and he's like uh i don't know if i can sell you i'll give you th- i'll give you 200 cre- 2000 credits and i go just very much like bitch i'm more than that yeah i'm more i'm more, I'm more, I'm more, 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 more than that. 
I mean, worth more than two thousand credits. And you know, he always does. He's very like, I don't want to be sold, man. It's like, listen, all right, I'll just give you the signal, and you just run out. It's that simple. It's like, yeah. fine, but I'm not being sold for two thousand. Make it three thousand. We're good. You know, it was like Hunter goes, how about four thousand? Three thousand credits. <laughs> fine, you got a deal. It's like, now you, you can tell he's like, <laughs> he's like, damn it. <laughs> Should be, I'm worth wait, I'm worth more than three thousand credits, damn it! I survived. Yeah, uh, and and uh, Omega gets a bit distracted by seeing these weird alien dogs. She gets uh, lost, and she meets up with this uh, nice lady, you know, who we all know. Yeah, it's uh, Ming Na Wen's character from uh, Mandalorian, whose name I skip me. Ah, uh, they say it. It's freaking. Uh, isn't it? Uh, uh... I was like, yeah, you might want to double check on that. Yeah, yeah, I'll double check on that, but you can uh, finish up. Yeah, and so she essentially gains Omega's trust until Hunter quickly realizes, oh, she's she's not good news. So she essentially, it becomes a chase around the city with Omega, Mino Wayne's character, and Fennec. Fennec, Fennec Shod. Fennec Shod, thank you. I knew I started with an F. Yeah, and I was thinking that too. Um, so it was Fennec and Omega. They're, you know, Fennec's taking Omega. They're off in the chase. It becomes a whole chase episode. And, of course, we don't know why she... Well, actually, no, we do know who hired her. We don't know why, though. Yeah. Basically, it, it, it does, like, eventually, yeah. Obviously, they go through a chase. Uh, everybody sort of tries to help out. Uh, Echo reconvenes uh, with the crew, and the, you know they have because he, he, you know, they ha- the droids he's sort of hanging out with help him, uh, you know, fix the ship fast enough. And you know they they escape off world, and very much the mystery is very much okay. So this this lady is definitely a bounty hunter, and she's after Omega, but why? But we kind of sort of like we can already kind of tell like. Who's after her? Which, I mean... Yeah, it's the Kaminoans. Yeah, it's the Kaminoans. Because, obviously, she's super valuable to them. For unknown reasons, yet. Uh, but, I mean... You know, it's definitely pretty obvious that mm-hmm. they were the ones that hired her. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of where the episode sort of ends off of. Just, like, wondering, who, who is, is this bounty hunter? And, you know... Yeah. And also, Fennec is very much, like... He, I'll find them. Yeah, like, you know, contacting her lead, just being like, hey, I lost her, but I'll find her. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I know where they're going. Yeah. Which leads into the next episode where they're trying to get information about Fennec, and which leads them to a mercenary bar led by a character named Sid. Mm-hmm. And this is where Mima has become very episodic, where every episode is one own little thing. Where in the last episode, it's a car chase, you know, basically a giant chase sequence. This one is a rescue op. Yeah, because Sid is very much at the beginning, he's like, eh, I don't know who Sid is. Get out of my bar. And Omega's like, but you're Sid, though. I'm pretty sure. And it's like, okay, kid, you're smart. Uh, I'll, I'll work with you guys. Yeah. It's like, listen, I got a job. You know, obviously, uh, Hunter go, go, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, are like. All right, uh, we'll do it. You know, like, they're like, listen, we need to find out who this bounty hunter is. And it's like, I don't know who she is, but if you do this job for me, rescue mm-hmm. this, um, uh, is it Miko? No, it's not Miko. It's, uh, Mito, something like that. Micho, I think. Michio. Yeah. 
you know, this, this, you know, basically this kid or whatever, uh, from slavers, then maybe, uh, and you know, we split the, we split the bounty, the, the bounty 70, 30, you know, uh, then, you know, I can, I can get some info mm. for you. And it's like, fine, we'll do it. And, uh, yeah, they go in, uh, against some of these slave traders. Uh, the Bad Batch get caught. Yeah. Omega didn't get, doesn't get caught because she, uh, she stays behind, obviously, because and this she is And she saves the day. Yeah, you know, with her help, they, they, she's able to help set the Bad Batch free, and then they sort of, uh, you know, set, trying to set the slave, uh, the slaves free, but then mm-hmm. they realize, he's... That's not Micho. That's Micho. Yeah, it's a, it was like, uh, like as soon as this episode was going, it's like, oh, we're gonna have that moment where like, it's this person, but actually, it was that person all along. Yeah, it, and uh, by the way, it's not a person; it's a rancor. <laughs> we're not gonna say whose rancor it belongs to, but once you figure it out, you're like, oh. Yeah, think about someone who needs a rancor in the Star Wars universe, and you'll you'll know pretty you'll, much. You'll know. You'll, you'll know, know. You know who's here for the rank. Yeah, a moment when that character showed up, I was like, "Oh, oh, there." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I see what you did there. Yeah. So obviously. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, they do the bit of the mix-up. Wrecker has to like wear down the rancor because yeah. he's because yeah, it's a bit of a it's like a it's a small rancor it's, it's a baby, baby rancor yeah. so it's not it's yeah, only it's baby. It's, yeah it's a slightly bigger than wrecker so he's just trying to wrestle it just to get it tired so that they can like, <laughs> which i love yeah it's pretty uh, funny it's pretty funny but and you know they said they, they sell everything and then uh you know they only got the name the name for the lady but they don't know what she wants yeah uh sid gets the info she's like this Chick's Finnick. Mm-hmm. Her name's Finnick. She's, she's a new bounty hunter, but she's rising really high. And mm-hmm. it looks like he, whoever she hired her is like a direct commission. Like, it's not like a, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's not like someone put a bounty on mm-hmm. on a, a, a Omega. Like, no, no, no. Someone asked her to do it. Yeah, someone's like, like asked her to go find her. Mm-hmm. But obviously Sid's like, listen, all right? You know, you guys are doing good. You know, if you guys need any uh, money and stuff, mm-hmm. you, can, you know. Yeah, so that's basically the episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we said earlier, it's uh, not wholly complex, these two episodes. But they do broaden uh, the world because now we know. Because like I said, it, there's a clear overarching thing. It's not that prevalent. But it's there, and it's what is Omega, and why do pe- these people want her? Yeah, which is sort of like... And also the slightly changing of the Empire. Yeah, because we do still see some uh, Empire stuff going on in episode 4. And it seems most most people, at least the people on Panticore, are, 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 uh, you know, are related. You know, that the mm-hmm. war's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, obviously, you know, not knowing what what's going to go down with the Empire. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, these two episodes are pretty straightforward, uh, but they do uh, continue the plot, at least in terms of like, okay, we have a new threat that's chasing uh, down uh, the Bad Batch, it's Fennec, uh, which by the way, I think, you know, just to mention, uh, we mentioned earlier, uh, it, it, she, does, it does, she doesn't look exactly like her actor. <laughs> no. But I feel like to play a bit of a devil's advocate, I think it's mostly because like this is a younger Fennec. 
right? And yeah. Like it's, it's, I think it's two things. One, this is a younger, younger Fennec, because we when we see her in uh, the uh, in the Mandalorian, she's you know obviously much older. And Mandalorian takes place you know in between uh, uh, the Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens. This is taking place in between uh, episode three and four. So, you know, she, she, I don't think she's going to look exactly like Ming, Ming, her actor, uh, actress, uh, mm. Ming-Yang Wen. But at the same time, I also, uh, at the same time as well, I also think it's just partly just due to the art style. Yeah, I was going to say it's mostly just the art style that's really weird. Because they make her look really blocky. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it does come down to probably just art style and also just mm-hmm. this is a younger Phoenix, so she's not gonna look exactly like her actor yeah. looks like now yeah no I, I'm not I don't hate it it's just like it's very weird it's, it's a bit it. off-putting because yeah. you, you've seen this character in live action before mm-hmm. right it's not like uh Bo-Katan yeah where we've, we've see, only seen her in the Clone Wars and then we see her in live action and it's like okay cool interesting yeah right she looks a little bit like her actor yeah, this is just the reverse, and mm-hmm. it's a little weird. Yeah. But, mm, no, I'll let you no, no, no. Besides that, you know, two solid episodes. Yeah, the, the, so far it's been a good, these episodes have been a good, like, 7A-ish. Nothing's been blowing my mind. The first episode was probably the best one out of all these recent ones. But, uh, so far we got a solid 7 right now. Mm-hmm. For both. Yeah. Alright. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, there's not much to talk about with these two episodes. Like, literally, we only have, like, what, 15 minutes in? 14 minutes in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very... You know, these episodes are... You know, that's sort of the thing when it comes to these sort of... An episodic show like this. Uh, that doesn't have, like, a straightforward... Like, every episode mm-hmm. is continuing the plot line mm-hmm. and everything is uh, import- vitally important. It's like, no, it's our characters going through various adventures... While at the same time slowly progressing that plot, mm-hmm. keeping it in the background, yeah. So that way you sort of like when it finally does return to being the main focus of an episode, it's like okay, you know, we're not going to be confused mm-hmm. by any sort of rapid developments that happen, right? Mm-hmm. And it's we're it's a, it's slowly. I think there's going to be a show where slowly we start revealing more stuff, and then we have more to talk about. Because like say something like the Mandalorian, which we were doing. Every episode had something to talk about. Yeah, I also think partially is just because the Mandalorian, you know, strive for like forty to like fifty minute episodes. Here is obviously just thirty minute, like mm-hmm. like thirty minute episodes. Yeah. So there's not uh, like the Mandalorian. I think just because of its time, uh, mm-hmm. the runtime of each episode allowed us to have more to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's, and uh, as well as you know the mystery of you know uh, Grogu, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like. Where did he come from? You know, all this stuff and that sort of speculation here. Uh, we do have, I guess, the mystery of, like, Omega. But we it's more sort of, like, why is she important? Yeah. We we know that she's a clone. and But we need to know, like, why the Kaminoans just are want her on the down low from mm-hmm. the Empire and all this stuff so much. And, right. I mean, there's a reason why some of us are speculating that she may be Force-sensitive. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely uh, an interesting uh, speculation, and obviously, I think these two episodes don't even add further evidence to that theory. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, 
I mean, you know, I think most of the speculation is just going to be continuing to be like, uh, just things will be sprinkled along as we go forward. And, and, you know, and that's sort of like just how we have to view this show, Mm -hmm. I guess, in terms of trying to be speculative. Uh, but yeah, overall, you know, uh, not a whole lot to talk about. No. But that doesn't mean... It's a bad show. No, obviously not. I mean, Avatar, The Last Airbender, is very much like that. Yeah. And everybody, everybody loves that show. Yeah, because uh, people are going to hate me for this, but I did not enjoy season one as much as everyone else of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Fair enough. I, I think I, I, I get where you're coming from with that. Uh, and I feel like for most, I think most people would probably agree. Like second season onward is where the show really starts to pick up. A oh lot hell more. yeah, season two was great. Obviously, yeah. So yeah, I feel like a lot of the best episodes are in season two. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, overall, you know, uh, we're just gonna have to keep waiting and seeing how the plot and the story progresses, mm-hmm. and just sort of be like, oh, that's interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. Now let's go on to the J.J. Abrams uh, talk. So, in a recent... I want to say it was an interview? I think so. It was probably, yeah. Yeah, it was basically... J.J. Abrams basically confirmed that... Looking back at the sequel trilogy, you know... With Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker... He now knows the importance of having a plan... For a trilogy, for something as akin to this. Now, again, like I said earlier... For most of us fans, we're like... Yeah, no shit, J.J. No shit, you should have had a plan. And I don't know. And a lot of people will start blaming different people, blaming um, this and that. But the fact that everyone has come out and says, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing, kind of tells you, um, one, that people didn't, yeah, people didn't know what they're doing. But also... They didn't know how to structure what they wanted to say. Because that was the main problem with the sequel trilogy. It wasn't planned out. You know, you had J.J. Abrams setting up the ideas. And then Ryan Johnson coming in for the second one. Where he kind of was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I kind of want to subvert the expectations of the fans. And then J.J. Abrams coming back to, like, clean up the mess. Well, I mean, to be fair, we got to remember as well, like... the. The third movie wasn't even going to have J.J. on the helm. It was going to be Colin Trevorrow, the director of the, I think, the first Jurassic World movie. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, who the hell knows where that was going to go, right? Yeah. Like, definitely, like, uh, the main reason why The Rise of Skywalker is the way it is because essentially J.J. uh, JJ was essentially sent in to do essential damage control. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but and trying to like, you know, just try to find some way to like resolve it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, I think it, it's a little, I guess, kind of funny mm-hmm. that uh, that it, he sort of just states the obvious of like, he uh, when it comes to to a franchise like Star Wars, with a new trilogy continuing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original trilogy, that yeah, uh, just having a rough idea of where of of what you want to do, probably doesn't isn't 
sufficient enough to plot out mm. your 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 epic story because I I like to I, I like to I, I like to imagine that the only trilogy you can't say this for is for the original trilogy because obviously you know George Lucas probably didn't think of a trilogy at the time he was just thinking oh about, no 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 he was thinking about no. just making one movie and then he got you know big and it's like okay let's make another one yeah let's continue the story i mean what was the name of that one book i think it was the it was there's a i think it's i think it's also a comic book there was a book that was his rough idea for a sequel if he couldn't get the funding enough to make what would eventually be the empire strikes back it was splinter of the mind's eye yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, and in that one, it is completely different. Like, no way is it similar to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Like, in that one, the main two leads is just Leia and Luke. And even in the... even even You can even see that in, like, the first two in Empire Strikes Back and um, New Hope. That the idea of them being brother and sister was not in there. No, obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in that in those two movies that like definitely make it uh, apparent that like these they weren't planned to be siblings, but by the end, uh, by by Return of the Jedi, there wasn't even an idea of her being force sensitive. Yeah, you know, so like obviously, like you can't really. I, I get like probably some people being like, well, the original Star Wars trilogy didn't weren't wasn't planned out. It's like yeah, but like. There's there they had ideas they had time like you said this before they had time to to work it out yeah like like you got to remember that the original Star Wars trilogy wasn't even gonna be in like a trilogy at first it was just gonna be a single movie and you know like you, like you said if George didn't get the uh, if Lucas didn't get the money for another movie then he was like screw it uh, this is this is a book this is the continuation right here. Well, right. it's more like this would have been what I would have done if I didn't get the money. It would have been this, right? Because right. the idea was that it was going to be because Star Wars New New Hope is kind of low budget in the grand scheme of things. Yes, yes. Compared to most of them, and compared to the movies at the time, it's kind of low budget. Yeah, doesn't doesn't not the I mean, it still has a I guess groundbreaking special effects at the time. But yes, uh, mm. you could you could say that. Yeah, but essentially, like if he couldn't get enough funding to him continue it, he was going to make. The what eventually what was Spinner of the Mind's Eye, which is still a little bit of like a low budget kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and in that one, again, you can look it up the story, it's completely different. In that one, they would have went more for the uh, for a romance between Luke and Leia, yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, the idea of people saying, like, well, you know, like you said, um, the original children didn't have planned, no, but he had time to come up with an idea of what to what can go next yeah because Blender of the mind's eye worked could have worked also as a sequel to as a sequel for new for new hope if there was if empire strike back wasn't able to be made mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no uh it's uh so you know jj's comments mm-hmm. are very much yeah i do agree it's very much like yeah I feel like it's yeah it's like well of course that makes perfect sense um and I mean if anything I, I don't I don't want to put this put it squarely sorely on JJ's shoulders mm-hmm. simply just because 
I feel like part of that has to be on Lucasfilm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the creative team behind there, because, like, they couldn't... I, I find it uh, a bit uh, odd that they would just be like, you know, JJ, you, you can handle it from here, all right? Don't worry. Here's a rough idea, you know? Uh, just just go just go wild, you know? Here's the keys to the all, all of the Star Wars universe have fun with it right because i feel like it's a bit irresponsible i guess mm-hmm. especially with a franchise like star wars to just be like i we're gonna make a sequel trilogy but we're not gonna plan anything out well I we're just gonna i don't think it's that we did they didn't plan anything out it's more like we're gonna let them be them yeah we're gonna give them too a little too much freedom yeah I think that's the problem, cause like I've I've said this before about Last Jedi. There are aspects of Last Jedi that are, in theory, good ideas. Execution is questionable at best. But there was no idea. They didn't plan that out. You said it before. It Last Jedi feels like it's a reaction to Force Awakens, and Rise of Skywalker is a reaction to the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, I think we mentioned... Yeah, I did say that. I think we talked about mm-hmm. just as a whole how the sequel trilogy sort of mm-hmm. feel is that, yeah, like, you know, I, if The Last Jedi seems like it's sort of like a response to The Force Awakens being too similar to the OG. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the, a bigger Death Star? Uh, you know, another, like, you know... A, a bit over-reliance on... The original trilogy and various mm-hmm. other aspects of it. So, Last Jedi definitely seems like, fine, we're going to flip the script. We're going to subvert your expectations, I guess. Like, uh, and just do all these sorts of things. Why do you, how do you like that? We're different now. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, why'd you do that? Stop being different. Ah, and it's like... Or like, y- y- that didn't make sense for... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's either, that didn't make sense for, for this character to do it, or it's too different... I hate it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, God damn it. And then JJ has to come in and be like, hey, all right, you guys want, you know, things to be back to normal or you want me to fix everything? Fine. I'll fix everything. And it's like, you didn't even fix anything. You just made it worse. It's like, ah, <laughs> everything that happened in the last Jedi, all the characters that are introduced, no, like, no, nothing, not nada. We're giving them nothing. You like that, right? It's like, why would you do this? <laughs> yeah, you didn't even fix it. It's like a, it's like that uh, image of a, uh, of uh, that that meme image of a, uh, of a uh, tuxedo mask from Sailor Moon being like, I fixed everything, and Sailor Moon goes, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he just, just turns around and runs away. That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just like the rise of Skywalker trying, the rise of Skywalker trying to fix whatever last Jedi mm-hmm. problems are, it's like, but you didn't do anything though. Yeah, and it's weird that in reality, some aspects of the trilogy, the sequel trilogy, would make sense if you if you were able to, you know, like execute it better. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because I feel like. You can, there is a way to like take all the elements that were 
introduced in the sequel trilogy mm. and make them better. I mean, I think I don't know if I said this when we talked about the rise of Skywalker, uh, but I would have it. It would have probably felt more thematically. Like it would have felt thematic. It would make more thematic sense if Ray stayed dead and Ben was the last Skywalker. Because he was the rise of Skywalker. He can rise yeah. as the last Skywalker and redeem himself. You know, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so you know. It, also, the, the whole idea of Ray being nobody, I think, works. You know, mm-hmm. it just works. It, we didn't need her to be related to anyone special, but because mm-hmm. everyone was fucking making a big deal about she's not related to anyone special, this is bullshit. Or like the, was it that? No, no, no. You know what it was? It was because in the 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 Last Jedi, you know, it's like you're a nobody, right? Yeah, you're not special or whatever. And people were like, I think people felt it was a bit of a like a what was the point? Yeah, of of, of uh, trying of. Uh, her origin, mm-hmm. or like trying to make it mysterious. If it turns out that oh, she's just a nobody, mm-hmm. so I'm guessing uh, JJ was like, "Fine, we'll get some payoff for this." You want her to be related to somebody? How about you? Actually, really- you you could have just say that, but just saying like you just couldn't accept the truth. <laughs> you know that your parents were shitty. Yeah, you know, because like that would have been interesting, <laughs> but like. Yeah. Ray, your parents were shitty people. They sold you. Yeah. <laughs> That's just That's just it. Yeah, but obviously they have to turn it around and be like, No, they sold you to protect you because you know, you're 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 the granddaughter of fucking uh Palpatine. Palpatine so yeah. yeah. But I was just like, No, if you just kept it as like she was just sold off because like whatever reason, like her parents were shitty, it's like and you could explain like the reason she kept having those visions because like it's just her telling herself, no, this is what happened. It's her It's her trying to find some way to cope. Yes. Right? Yes. That would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's just very much, uh, again, that, that's 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 the, the, mm. the sad thing with the sequel trilogy is that they have a lot of interesting ideas mm-hmm. and concepts that, if worked right, could have been good, but... Mm-hmm. It's just obviously, you know, as JJ said, said, said uh, it's like, you know, probably having a plan, uh, uh, you know, not mm-hmm. having a plan pro- definitely made this a lot more difficult. <laughs> I think also it's just that it's just the way JJ writes. No, yeah, I think, I feel, again, I feel like I mentioned this before when we talked about The Rise of Skywalker. No, 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 um, we are basically reopening that wound. Yeah, of like JJ's uh, obsessive need to drop mystery boxes. If mm-hmm. you if you go like you can go on YouTube, look up his TED talk about like mystery boxes and being like, I like to you know you know do these mystery boxes where it's like it's a mystery and that you know tries to incentivize the audience to keep paying attention. Mm-hmm. But if the mystery is the only thing that's going for it, and at the end of it, it's not interesting or satisfying, then what the fuck was the point of it, right? Mm-hmm. So... Because, like, that was the whole thing with, with, with you know, Force Awakens. It's that it's all a mystery. Who's Rey? Why are, we ha- why is she having these visions of, of this? Why is Ben Kenobi's, like, voice in the background? Why is, um, her having Anakin's old lightsaber so important? Who is this... 
masked man who looks like Vader or whatever. And is Finn a Jedi? Is he force sensitive? And like, all those could have been easily answered in that one movie. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, T-Fax, some of that stuff, at least I know for a fact, at least one of those was answered. Who was the masked man? It's been... It's 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 uh, Kylo yeah. Ren. It's you know it's the son of uh, it's Ben it's Ben of, Solo. Of, yeah, the son of Leia and and Han Solo. Yeah, like we at least get that answer. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean everything else. I honestly. mean that's the one thing. Like even the even the people who worked on it were like, yeah, we just we didn't enjoy being in it as much as you guys think we did. Yeah. No. I mean, well, obviously, like there's definitely some that got harassment mm-hmm. and stuff which is you know no no uh but i mean i think daisy ridley i think said to herself where she was like we kind of like it was weird like we didn't even know like ray like who ray was supposed to be you know essentially right mm-hmm. like they're still trying to figure out up in the air like who she can be related to and you know which is crazy to me that, that's yeah because there was a th- conversation like even it was it was during um like it was during the rise of Skywalker where she was like, I don't even know who I'm, who we're doing this related thing anymore. Yeah. So you know, it's it's. Heck, what's his name? The actor who played Finn. Uh, John Boyega. John Boyega. He was very upset because like they kept using him as like a marketing tool. To to say like, oh, here we go. We got a black Jedi as our main lead, but he's not. A Jedi actually, and it's kind of dumb, that. Why didn't you just make him a Jedi? Because that would be really cool. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I know, I know some people want to blame Ryan Johnson from for his um, involvement in, like, making Last Jedi and therefore, you know, being the center of, like, the problems. But really the problems are just in the heads of the company and the people who are in charge of directing. Well... Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, agree that to an extent. It's definitely on. I think I, I feel like it was it it, it was on Lucasfilm because they're mm. the they're the studio, mm. and at a certain point they should have have realized okay let's map this out mm. right like even like after uh you know even after making uh the Force Awakens they should have been like okay. We ha- this is our this is our first movie. Mm-hmm. Let's plan the rest of this out, mm-hmm. right? Because like, I could see them maybe being like, okay, let's we have a rough idea how this first movie is gonna go, but once we get every once we get that first movie established, once we set the pieces in play, yeah, that that once we set up all these things in the first movie, let's try it. You know, let's focus on a storyline with all that stuff from the mm-hmm. first movie and just continue on for the next two movies. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're like. Let's just let Ryan Johnson just go out there and do what he whatever he feels like. Mm-hmm. And even it, then, yeah. right? Even like then with with Ryan Johnson and the Last Jedi, like they didn't have to like bring back JJ to somehow wrangle everything back up or something like that. Mm-hmm. They could have. I feel like they should have. You know, I I know probably there's probably going some people that would have like hated if they kept going in the direction of what Ryan Johnson was setting mm-hmm. up. But I feel like at that point, you just gotta commit. Yeah. Like, at that point, it's like, you, you gotta commit. Mm-hmm. You can, like, maybe salvage some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but you gotta just commit to where where the last Jedi was going. Mm. Right? Because at least then you would have. Uh, I feel like some people would have been like, at least it feels cohesive. Mm-hmm. It's not like the last movie is just trying to retro, uh, 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 retroactively fix various scene pro- various things that that happened in the last Jedi. But at the same time, trying to tell the finale of its own story as well as adding extra details that probably would have been established in the second movie, but wasn't because, you know, it's a whole mess. Yeah. Honestly, where, where can we go with, where can we go with this? Cause I feel like we're going to be talking in like in complete circles at this point. Well, I mean, I think the only thing I can say about it is, uh, it's, it's, it's a lesson in, I think the, what happened with the Last Jedi is just well, not like, what happened with the, the sequel trilogy is just a lesson in terms of uh, you have to if you if we're gonna continue these large uh, franchises, then there has to be some sort of like plan, like mm-hmm. not not, and I don't want to say like in terms of like oh it, you know we don't like because I know some people. Uh, very much do not like, rather find it slightly annoying, I guess, that if uh, if everything had the Marvel formula of like every like you know Kevin Feige being the head producer and sort of like trying to make sure each movie works mm-hmm. in a certain puzzle and like every everything fits together nicely, mm-hmm. you know, in that sort of sense. Like people are like no, you should let the you know the creatives do, the director or the writers or whatever do what they feel needs to be done. At the same, it's it, it's just you need a balance. Mm-hmm. Like okay, you know JJ, you know you can uh, direct this first film, but you gotta set up. You know the, these are the things we want out of our trilogy. You gotta set these things up. And then when if Ryan Johnson comes in, it's like, listen, Ryan, these 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 are the th- story threads that we're going with. These are the story threads we got going with. You need these things to continue in a coherent way. Everything else is up to you. How you want to shoot it, how how things should look. If you want to go with a slightly darker tone, whatever, that stuff is on you. But these main plot threads need to continue somehow mm-hmm. into the last movie. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we're going to conclude it. Yeah. Right? Like, it, you need, like, the creatives at Lucasfilm needed to, like, needed to have some sort of plan. Mm-hmm. Or at least, like, like uh, some bullet points of, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like, this is our sequel trilogy. These are some of the things we want to do. Yeah. Let's make sure we hit all those bullet points. Mm-hmm. If we need to refine this after the first movie, we can, you know. But let's let's, let's just try to figure this out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, and some people blame. Like I said, like I said earlier, people will not blame this the the palm on this and that and someone else. But really, you kind of need not essentially a plan, but an idea of a plan. And I I didn't want to make this comparison. I really didn't because it's too much of an obvious comparison. In the obvious comparison is with Marvel, because Marvel, you can watch say Phase One, each of the movies, 
and really you don't see much of a plan. Now, I wouldn't say there's much of a plan there, but there's an idea of a plan that ends up with where we are with the, the first Avengers movie. So, talking about specifically Phase 1, so Iron Man 1 and 2, Cap, Hulk, Thor. Yeah. Those movies, right? So, like when you're watching Iron Man, you don't see, you don't think of the plan, you know, what where this is going to go. All you're thinking about is just like, this is the movie itself, and as we go along, we'll continue what, you know, we, we have to in order to get to the Avengers movie, in, in order to get to Avengers 2, all until all the way we get to Endgame. And now we're setting up more plans. Well, not setting up more plans, but we're like, you know, we're, we're setting some stuff up. You know, we'll see where it goes. The chances are, you know, we're going to have to make some changes along the way. Yeah, and I think... Because remember, Spider-Man was not part of the plan. Obviously, it wasn't part of the plan. I mean... They were definitely, uh, I think, when you look into the story of how Spider-Man got into Civil War, it was very much a behind-closed-doors uh, thing, mm-hmm. them trying to figure out some sort of, you know, deal they could do. And if, you know, that deal fell apart, they were like, okay, then let's just, you know, just keep, let's just keep uh, Black Panther, like, uh, have him in that sort of elevated role, give him, like, even more screen time than he has in Civil War to, to balance that out, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, I mean, heck, when they introduced the Civil War movie uh, and had Chadwick Boseman show up as Black Panther on stage with uh, uh, Robert Iron Jr. and uh, mm-hmm. Steve... Uh, uh, what do you both call him? Steve Rogers. Yeah. Uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. No, actually, I was going to say Steve Evans. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> do you remember Steve Evans? No. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know they do a they do a bit of a thing. It's like of like who side are you on? Uh, you know Black Panther. It's like listen, all right. I think I might be on my own side of thing. You know. Yeah. So there's like hyping up like oh he's gonna have a real big you know yeah role and he still does have a big role in Civil War, but because obviously they're the, they were able to hammer out the, mm-hmm. the Spider Man deal with them, you know, Spider Man also is featured pretty heavily in the movie, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's the thing with the Marvel thing, and I think it's sort of what I allude to, is, like, you can have your plan, but you can still be flexible with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like... Did you really think they're gonna have a, that we are gonna have a 4-4, or they were gonna make an Eternals movie? I mean, yeah, like, a lot of those things are, you know, pretty crazy. Obviously, I think other stuff was that, uh, friggin' uh inhumans was supposed to be its own movie but then obviously the plan changed and now it was a tv show which did we not turn out well we don't talk about it unless yeah. you want us to talk about it I you're not gonna want us to talk about it yeah so overall there i you know there's a there's an argument to be made that a plan can work but you always got to be flexible with it because mm-hmm. because it obviously uh, I think there's a saying that every well-laid plan eventually goes awry, you know, or, or something like that. Like, even the best intentions sometimes have, you know, yeah, it's like, what is it? Not uh, Murphy's Law, right? Yeah. If something can go wrong, it will go wrong. Yeah. So that's why, at least when it comes to... That's why some, I feel like Lucas films 
at the very least should have been like alright let's try to like hammer these things out and if something something goes wrong with our creative process we have something to like pivot right but yeah overall JJ stating the obvious mm-hmm. you know it's uh, I, if anything I, I feel like it'd be bigger news if Ryan Johnson were to come out as like yeah that probably should have been a plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but, uh, or hell, even someone from the Lucas creative team, whether it's their president or whatever, would come out as like, I mean, I don't, I don't think they would come out and say, yeah, we could have done better with the sequel trilogy. No, they probably, they probably would just be like, what are you talking about? We made like a billion dollars. Like all three movies made like billions of dollars. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Sure. We may have lost a bunch of fans, but like, you know, Look, at Mandalorian is good, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the one thing you know, I, I could say. Like, uh, their other projects are, are at least well, are enjoying. Yeah. Movie-wise, it's 50-50, uh, maybe less. Yeah, like... The you, other projects have been pretty good. Yeah, you could... Yeah, you can definitely say that at least... Like, it's not like, you know... Lucasfilms definitely still is able to make good Star Wars content, obviously. As we... You know, there's... You know, the last season of Clone Wars... Uh, Vandalorian, huge hit. Uh, we're talking about Bad Batch, which is also pretty good. Mm. So, you know, they still have the potential to be good at it, but obviously they just need probably a plan, which mm. all these shows probably had some form of plan. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, overall, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like I, I doubt Lucasfilms would listen to our critiques but next time pl- plan this out <laughs> mm-hmm. boy imagine if uh uh the guys that made game of thrones were still getting their star wars trilogy oh i would uh not be okay with that yeah spe- yeah yeah so guys i think that's where a good place to end it on um joy i think i, I love your input on this all this stuff um but if you guys want to check out more of our stuff be sure to follow us on social media twitter Instagram and Facebook at the Geek Centurions. And if you go to the Instagram where we're most active, you'll find a link tree to all of our podcasting sites that we are officially part of, like Castbox, Google Podcasts, Apple, Pop, Apple, Co- uh, Apple Podcasts, basically a lot of other, you know, sites. And we also have a link to our Patreon, so where you can support us in any form of way. If you so choose to, we are, you, I mean, you have no obligation to. But we would happily appreciate it. And... Yeah, that's about it. You know, Bad Batch, still pretty solid. JJ stating the obvious, and we're basically talking about why it's pretty obvious and why the importance of a plan is needed. And, yeah, it's been your boy, Eli. It's been me, Joe. And we are the Game of you guys. Have a good one. Peace.